Hi, I'm Scott, host of Scott G. Gibson Stories, and on today's episode, I'm going to be reading from my novel, Bad Luck Bevan, Chapter 12, A Lucky Coin. Among the dark shadows beneath the bush was a metallic object glinting brightly in a shaft of sunlight. Feeling like a bird distracted by something shiny, I moved to the garden to check it out. Whatever impulse or instinct that made me stop was full of wisdom. A silver coin was half buried in the dirt, as if trying to dig itself a hole to escape the sun. I picked it up and scraped off the dirt from its surface. It was a foreign currency, with an image of a smiling man and weird inscriptions instead of letters like I was used to. See a penny, pick it up, and all day long you'll have good luck, I muttered to myself. Although the chant had no real base of truth, if it was a lucky coin, then it was the best find ever. If, however, it was not a lucky coin, then I had an interesting and unique coin, and my luck would still be as terrible as it ever was. I placed the coin in my wallet, making sure it was put securely in my pocket, and moved to follow Wolfing. A crowd of boys had gathered around the notice board outside the library, all of them chatting animatedly with each other. Quite a few of the boys were sharing high fives and slaps on the back, large smiles plastered on their faces. If my name is on that list, I thought, then my face will become one big smile. Moving forward, I tried to work my way through the crowd, hoping to get close enough to read the small font. I could see Wolfie at the front being jostled around by the boys surrounding him, his finger moving down the list as he read. When his finger was stopped about halfway down, he stopped and cheered and pumped his fist in the air. Wolfie turned around and, when he saw me standing at the back, he smiled, waved and forced his way towards me. Bev, I made it in! exclaimed Wolfie over the heads of the boys as he moved towards me. What about me? I asked, overflowing with anticipation. Wolfie's face drooped. All happiness seeped away, crestfallen. The clamour of excited voices dimmed, becoming a drone as if from a giant mosquito. My stomach churned like a washing machine as I fought to keep my face neutral. On the one hand, I was happy for Wolfie's success, but on the other, I was upset that I had not made the team. Don't look so glum, chum, Wolfie said, his goofy smile back on his face. You made the team too. And, he continued, we're both in the main team, not even as reserves. Surely he's joking, I thought, unable to process the news. I'd been expecting the worst, and so this good news made it more difficult to realise the truth. Seriously? I asked incredulously. Wolfie nodded, still smiling. I held my hand up for a high five. Yep, Wolfie confirmed, slapping my hand hard with his. Had my bad luck finally expired? I wondered. Perhaps the coin I had found gave me the burst of good luck I needed to make the team, but how long would it last? Just for today? Until the school captains were announced? For as long as I had possession of the coin? On the way back to our bags to get my lunch, I recounted the story of finding the coin. When we were eating our lunch together, he urged me to show him the coin as he chomped his sandwich hungrily. I moved slowly, 
wanting to repay him for his cruel joke pretending I had not made the team. I made a big fuss about pretending it had fallen from my pocket, blaming my bad luck. Wolfie became more agitated with each pat of my pocket. Shamelessly, I enjoyed every moment. Finally, after I could prolong the charade no longer, I remembered I had put it in my wallet, obviously, and retrieved it. You knew it was there all along, didn't you? asked Wolfie, frowning. You knew I was on the team all along, didn't you? I replied, smiling impishly. Yeah, good on ya. Wolfie took the coin carefully from my fingers, surveying it. It looks Asian. Chinese, maybe? He speculated. Are you sure it's real? He asked after giving it a few more turns with his fingers. How am I supposed to know? You've held it for longer than I have. It looks real enough, and anyway, does it really matter? If it brings me good luck, then I don't care. It's not like I'm going to spend it or anything, I reasoned. I guess so. Still would be nice to know where it's from, you know. Maybe it was sent from my guardian angel, I joked. What, as a token of their appreciation? Wolfie continued. He gave me the coin back. And, after looking at it some more, I put it safely back into my wallet, ensuring it definitely would not fall out. As we ate, Wolfie explained how he had read that in Chinese culture, they gave out coins in small red envelopes as a way of promoting good luck at special occasions such as weddings, birthdays or Chinese New Year. This helped them ward off any evil spirits which were lurking in their lives. When the coins were given for the New Year, it gave the person a fresh start for the year and provided hope that life would be better than the previous year. Maybe this was the beginning of a new era for me, the era of Lucky Buckley. Are you ready for the school captain results to be announced tomorrow? asked Wolfie. Hopefully they have counted the votes by now. You can count on it, I said, laughing and hopeful. Opening the front door of my home, I felt immediately worried, my heart pounding harder and faster. After last night's dinner disaster, I did not want to be anywhere near Shrek. If my coin really was lucky, maybe it had allowed the Hellcat to run away, never to return. Shrek appeared at my feet the instant I shut the front door, slinking between my legs. Flinching, I looked down, our eyes meeting. This was not the homecoming I expected, nor wanted. Go away, Shrek, I muttered angrily, shaking my hands wildly in an attempt to scare the devil creature away. Instead, he purred expectantly, waving his tail as if we were best friends and he had a tradition of being petted on my return home. I thought back to last night, my legs still stinging where he had scratched me. Maybe he has gone crazy and thinks I'm Ben, I wondered. Or he could just be lonely and aching for company that isn't his own brand of evil. If, as remarkable as it seemed, the coin was lucky, then it had somehow turned me into some kind of catnip for Shrek. He followed me up to my bedroom, not getting anywhere near being in the way of my steps, as if he was attempting to be my spirit animal. It would still take some time for my trust in him to build, but I accepted this new friendship as a peace offering. I was hoping, as I stroked Shrek's fur, that I could use this run of good luck to make him like me.
even though I'd always remain wary of the cat in the future, I might be able to show him we could be allies. My family was surprised to see Shrek curled up at the foot of my bed while I read. Seems like you've made a new friend, remarked Dad as he paused on the way past my door, checking in. Shreky looks pretty comfortable with you right now. Yeah, I came home to him being friendly, I replied. It's so weird. Where's Shrek? Ben called down from the hallway. He's in here, Dad answered, turning to look at his youngest son. Ben's head appeared in the doorway as if floating. Then when he noticed Shrek, his body joined him as he crossed the threshold. I haven't given you permission to enter, Ben, I said, remembering the fuss he made when I had put his laundry in his room. But I want my cat, Ben said, reaching out to pick up Shrek. As his fingers touched his pet, Shrek lifted his head and hissed fiercely. What was happening here? I laughed at Ben's turn of fortune. Perhaps it's best to leave him alone in Bev's room, hey? Dad suggested, trying to calmly guide him out the door. Wolfie would never believe this. I put the book down on my bedside table and reached out to stroke Shrek, who had now curled back up contentedly. Good boy, I praised, still chuckling at the look of horror on Ben's face when his own pet turned against him. Later that night, after Wolfie and I had laughed gleefully at Shrek's attack on Ben and hypothesised why it had happened, Mum came into my bedroom and announced that they had been invited to the special assembly at school tomorrow to announce the school captains. She held her arms behind her back. What's behind your back? I asked once she had finished telling me she was going to the parade. I've been sewing every night like a surgeon, and I have a patient to see you she said, her smile big with the news. Now, remember, it's not perfect, but nobody is. Mum brought her hands in front of her to reveal Funky Trunk, with his trunk the right way up. I was ecstatic. I scooted off my bed and raced to give her a big hug and take back possession of my stuffed animal. I hadn't realised how important Funky Trunk was to me until Shrek had ruined it, and I told Mum that. We never really know how much something means to us until we no longer have it. Just something to keep in mind, Bev. So anyway, look out for your dad and me tomorrow at school. We'll be there in the crowd for you. We assumed all the parents of the nominees had been invited and both mum and dad were taking the day off work to attend. I didn't know if this was a good sign, but decided not to get my hopes up. Being chosen for the cricket team was good enough for me and made my parents happy. Not to mention it gave me a reprieve from Shrek's willful destruction, no matter how temporary it may be. All through dinner Shrek had stuck close by me, as if to shield himself from Ben. I don't blame him, I thought with a laugh. Even though my parents said they'd be proud of me no matter the outcome, I felt like I had to fight for their attention. Ben was a star child. The son who was good at everything. I was just bad luck Bevan, the boy who failed miserably. Every. Single. Time. In fact, I had only been successful at failing. But now I had my chance to be a winner. A chance to make mum and dad even more proud of me. With my parents, Funky Trunk, Wolfie and the coin on my side. 
I was in with a real fighting chance to change my luck forever. My parents sat in the section of chairs purposely set out for invited guests, such as the parents, our principal, Mrs. Deval, and the mayor, who often came to special assemblies where parents were invited. Mum and Dad looked over at where I sat behind the bass drum, smiling and waving at me. What was it about parents that forced them to be so embarrassing, I thought, waving the bass drum mallet. Mrs. Devell stepped up to the microphone, smiling sweetly at the guests before addressing the crowd. Welcome today to our wonderful school community to announce our new school captains. We have some delightful candidates, and I know that no matter who wins, they will do a splendid job at representing our school. Firstly, I'd like to thank our current captaincy team for their commitment to their positions and integrity and honour they have shown towards their peers. They will leave big shoes to fill for our new candidates when they head off to their new phase of learning, high school. I'm sure they will be excellent mentors for our incoming captaincy team. Mrs. Devell paused, looking around. Without any further ado, I'd like to invite our mayor, Mr. James Albury, to the stage to present the captains their badges. Mayor Albury stood up, waving enthusiastically to the crowd and smiling as if he had just won a million dollars. His eyebrows were thick and bushy, framing his eyes, which were squinting cheerily. Although he had to be in his fifties, he had boyish looks, wrinkles lining his face into a permanent smile. I patted the coin in my pocket. The wallet felt like it was bulging with good luck. At least, I hoped it was. Mrs. Devell continued talking. The vote count was very close. In fact, we had to recount them twice. It is my absolute pleasure to announce the new school captains, Bevan Buckley and May Allen. Please join me in congratulating these students. Mrs. Devell led the crowd in thunderous applause. I couldn't believe it. My mouth opened in shock as I began to stand up, light-headed, I looked across at my parents who were cheering and hooting. Wolfie in the audience was pumping his fist as he whistled in my direction. My legs felt like they had turned to rubber as I walked onto stage. Mayor Albury held his hand out to shake. His hand was soft, his grip firm. Congratulations, he said, his smile still lighting up his face. Thank you, I replied still finding it hard to believe I had been voted in. Surely it had to be the lucky coin. After having so much bad luck, I couldn't have anything good happen naturally, right? With my left hand, I took my badge, which displayed my name, with school captain written beneath. I stood next to May as Mrs. Devell announced the vice-captains, Joshua Adams and Eva Lofgren. They made their way up to join us on stage. Eva wiped her hand on her shorts before she shook hands with the mare. She grinned, not able to form words, just like a speech, I thought with amusement. 
I was surprised Joshua made it into the position, considering that he wasn't even at school for the speeches. Everyone else must have been sick of Oliver acting like a muppet to have voted for Joshua instead. Please congratulate these students again as we wish them well for the next phase of their school leadership careers, Mr. Devell said to the applauding audience. We will now move on to announce the student council positions. When the parade had finished, I made my way over to my parents. Mum's arms were opened wide, ready to grab me in their warm, cuddly jaws. I hugged her back, still not believing my run of good luck. The weight of my wallet swayed slightly in my pocket as I moved to hug Dad, a comfort I was glad for. Congratulations, Bev, said Dad into my hair his whiskers acting like small combs of Velcro clinging to each strand as they touched. Thanks, Dad, I replied happily. We're both extremely proud of you, Mum added. Tonight, we will get you whatever meal you want and talk about maybe, and I mean maybe, getting you a puppy. Thanks, Mum, I said, showing off my captain badge. Can we have lasagna so I can get the good bit? Mum laughed as Wolfie sauntered up behind me. I'm glad all my hard work paid off, said Wolfie, slapping me hard on the back. I turned around and saw his smiling face and I beamed back. Thanks, Wolfie. But I think it was all to do with this coin right here, I said, patting my wallet in my pocket. But thanks for your hard work. Much appreciated. No worries, Bev. You were a certainty to win anyway. You could say it was a cert winty. He bent over, double laughing, his hands using his knees to prop him up. You two are a worry sometimes, said Mum, shaking her head. Thanks, Mum. From the band section, I heard Mr Ogden calling my name, demanding, demanding I pack up my drum equipment. Time to go, I said, or there will be re-percussions. Wolfie laughed and gave me a high five. I said goodbye to my parents before going to pack up. I would see them at home where, hopefully, with my newfound luck, I would be safer at the claws of Shrek. Plus, maybe a puppy. Life certainly was getting better with each day. And that was the end of chapter 12. On the next episode, I'll read the 13th and final chapter of Bad Luck Bevan, which is called... Waking up on the right side of the bed. Thanks for listening to Scott G. Gibson Stories podcast. Please subscribe and share with your friends. I'd love to hear your feedback or if you have any book recommendations to share, please let me know. You can find me on most of the social media platforms. Like Bad Luck Bevan, you can read my books as an ebook or in paperback format. Just search for Scott G. Gibson in your favourite online retailer. If you're enjoying what you hear, I'd be forever grateful if you left a review on Goodreads or Amazon or wherever you get your books. Reviews, good and bad, are important, not just for sales and to let others know what you think, but because it lets me know that you've chosen to read my books over every other distraction available. And for that, I thank you more than words can say.